taking a look over here. Um, currently trending bills. Uh, uh, most recently refreshed December 3rd on congress.gov. Uh, House Resolution uh, 888. Uh, reaffirming the state of Israel's right to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, providing for the expulsion of Representative George Santos from the United States of House Representatives. I think that one went um, satisfactorily to uh, those involved. Um, the Treat and Reduce Obesity Act of 2021 is up and in the air right now. The Safe Banking Act of 2023 is in the air. National Defense Authorization Act for Fiscal Year 2024. I think this one's gonna pass. Not sure why? I just have what they call a hunch. Um, they have House Resolution 6363, Further Continuing Appropriations and Other Extensions Act for 2024. Ooh, that sounds like a pass bill. That sounds like a bill where some good Democrat will make a nice speech and then it will pass. But they will at least be on the record saying, I don't know about this part. (laughs) Ah, House Resolution 5961. No funds for Iranian Terrorism Act. Sounds a little right wing. Uh, They have the Social Security Fairness Act of 2023, House Resolution 8 Deuce, Uh, a joint resolution providing for congressional disapproval under Chapter 8 of Title 5, United States Code. This is all in the, like, the, this is supposed, how everything else is at one short sentence, this is all in that box. A joint resolution providing for congressional disapproval under Chapter 8 of Title V United States Code of the rules submitted by the Bureau of Consumer Financial Protection relating to small business lending under the Equal Credit Opportunity Act. Regulation B. (laughs) And then the last one in the trending top tending is uh, 5 Deuce A Trey 5283. Protecting Our Communities from Failure to Secure the Border Act of 2023. That sounds adorable. I think there is a risk that the government is uh, becoming out of touch with what people are actually doing. I mean, I have some perfectly respectable neighbours, good bourgeois types who, um, without giving the game away or naming them, you know, whenever they're sitting in every evening, got nothing else to do, they roll up a spliff and, and quietly make it together. And yet they are in breach of the law for for what they're doing. So let's begin with the uh, Safe Banking Act. Uh, We have uh, U.S. uh, Senator Jeff Merkley, who's been in the game since uh, 2009. So kind of rode in on that 2008 wave on that Obama, Obama. And uh, Senator Jeff Merkley has a video that went up May 11th this year on the Safe Banking Act of 2023. Senator Jeff Merkley here. I recently introduced with Steve Daines of Montana the Bipartisan Safe Banking Act to ensure cannabis businesses can use electronic banking rather than operating in cash. Cash is an invitation to crime of every sort. 
assaults on the, the workers, robberies of the outlets, uh, cheating on taxes, and, and uh, certainly uh, money laundering and organized crime, all of which are bad things we don't want to encourage. So let's end this cash economy in the cannabis world. We have a path to get this bill passed. This year, after eight years of effort, we have momentum on our side. Let's make 2023 the year we finally pass the Safe Banking Act. Now we have uh, Senator Jack Reed, and we have, uh, as they're putting it, Ms. Cat Packer. Cat uh, Packer uh, is uh, vice chair of the Cannabis Regulators of Color Coalition, CRCC. You may have seen that in articles if you are on the left and you like reading articles. Cat um, Parker is also the director of uh, Drug Markets and Legal Regulation at the Drug Policy Alliance, that's DPA. And Cat um, uh, Parker actually attended a hearing uh, regarding Section 10 that is in the uh, Safe Banking Act here now. And that Section 10 part, that seems to be the source of some hubbub here and there. Now, just a little bit from journalist uh, Natalie Fertig, uh, publishing September uh, 19th, 2023. Um, it says, uh, and this is, uh, the majority of this is behind a paywall, but you actually do get enough from the front end. And that way we can skip playing the audio from the Senate hearing with Jack Reed because he doesn't really open his mouth to talk. It's very awkward. Uh, So Natalie Fertig uh, writes, new text from the Safe Banking Act obtained by Politico shows that the last four months of deliberations have resulted in additional provisions aimed at censoring that uh, aimed at aimed at ensuring that banking regulators can still deter illegal activities. The provisions of Section 10 have received intense scrutiny from both Democrats and Republicans over the last four months. Senator Jack Reed, a Democrat of Rhode Island, Rhode Island, uh, he raised concerns at the hearing in May that the imprecise language left loopholes for bad actors and could limit the ability of regulators to crack down on illegal activities that has nothing to do with the state legal cannabis markets. And now, we cut over to this hearing as um, Jack Reed just kind of laid out the basics that can be found in that article, and then um, Kat Packer uh, joins in. Thank you, Senator. I have to uh, be frank in that uh, my expertise and engagement with this far has been on cannabis banking. Uh, and that being said, this hearing today uh, is about cannabis banking. This bill is supposed to be uh, about cannabis banking. Uh, and for that reason, I think if there's an intent to use the bill uh, to do something else, then maybe it's appropriate for another bill. I think that's great. Uh, in fact, uh, I think your reaction is probably the reaction of everyone saying, this is all about cannabis banking, and suddenly we have a, a provision that would stop a regulator from going to a bank and questioning a relationship with a customer who may be a, a surrogate of a foreign power that's uh, doing things here we don't like to be doing. And so I would hope that we could look very carefully at this. I, I think the trajectory that is uh, 
designed to provide reforms for cannabis is appropriate. We have a little more work to do, uh, but I think this is definitely something that you know, we can uh, narrow considerably. And with yeah, so essentially the takeaway going on with the Safe Banking Act right now is there is contention over Section 10 uh, because. It would allow unnecessary scrutiny by potential bad faith actors, as said, and like somebody who just wants to be cruel and impose their will upon you. Essentially saying independent, Republican-minded folks that just want to fuck with you. (laughs) And that ability to do so was added in Section 10 and Section 10 ought to be just removed from the bill entirely. I think there is a risk that the government is uh, becoming out of touch with what people are actually doing. I mean, I have some perfectly respectable neighbours, good bourgeois types who, um, without giving the game away or naming them, you know, whenever they're sitting in of an evening got nothing else to do, they roll up a spliff and, and quietly make it together. And yet they are in breach of the law for, for what they're doing. They say I smoke too much weed. I know I do sometimes. But I love getting high. So let me live my More ships for the Navy and more money for troops. Those are two key highlights of the National Defense Authorization Act. It passed in the Senate 86 to 11. The $886 billion measure sets all military policy for fiscal year 2024. The NDAA authorizes 10 new Navy ships, preserves 31 amphibious vessels, and provides a 5.2% pay hike for military personnel. And following a series of suicides in the Navy, the bill expands mental health counseling for service members. But a showdown still looms with the Republican-controlled House, which passed a series of hot-button social issue amendments that Democrats in the Senate find unacceptable. The House bill is partisan and and contains things that aren't really related to defense priorities. Um, So, you know, the defense bill needs to be about preparing to defend the nation against wars externally. It shouldn't be about advancing internal culture wars. The Senate bill also includes two authorizing provisions which should eventually pave the way for Australia to receive several U.S. Navy Virginia-class submarines. And it looks like uh, when you take a look at it here, the current status of House Resolution 4365 is that it um, it passed the House uh, with a vote of 218 to 210. 218 to 210. And um, it is uh, $1.7 trillion in discretionary resources across the fiscal year 2023. We're currently in the month of December. Podcasting is behind. But I wonder how many other lefty podcasters are really talking about this. I think it's a lot more cool to, you know, kind of just do the trending topic. 
but also, you know what? The the lefties that do the trending topics, there's a reason why they podcast and YouTube full time and I have to go to a job. <laughs> I get it. I'm not playing the game right. Um, but 1.7 trillion in discretionary resources, uh, and uh, along with the regular 12 appropriations bills, including 800 billion in non-defense funding. Hey, uh, 68 billion, uh, and that's a uh, a a 9.3 percent increase over last year. Ain't that pretty snazzy? Most people seem to have been indoctrinated to believe that bullshit only comes from certain places, certain sources, advertising, politics, salesmen, not true. Bullshit is everywhere. Bullshit is rampant. Parents are full of shit. Teachers are full of shit. Clergymen are full of shit. And law enforcement people are full of shit. This entire country. You know what? I'm um, slow walking the production of this episode because I happen to have the time to. And I actually want to share this with you from show prep because this is how we do it, right? As uh, when I slow walk it, I'm doing show prep while recording, right? Like I'm going to articles and videos and I'm stopping and then recording when I come across what I think needs to be documented so that I curate actually multiple clips into an episode. Like by the time I mix down the audio file that becomes an MP3, I have typically well over 20 WAV files that I'm um, mixing down into one uh, program, one episode. Now, I said, you know what? Let me take a look at something. You know, throw in the search terms, try to narrow things down. So we put HR 4365 partisan. That's what's in the search box. Once more, HR 4365 partisan. Uh, these are the results and these are literally all of the results there's only one page of results this is it the house rules committee right of course has a a web page up on it a website called roll call with something published October 3rd uh, with the headline analysis fight over Ukraine and CR was undercard and the additional text under it is Congress's, Congress's decision to keep money for Ukraine out of newly enacted continuing resolution was a warm-up. The main event is yet to come. And then the next result is the House Rules Committee again, with just another, uh, po- another page published on it from September 1st. And then the House Rules Committee again from August 29th. And then the HouseAppropriations.gov website with a page up from September 27th and House Rules Committee again. And there's one more result. This is it. One result left on one page of results and no more. And remember, the search terms are HR 4365 partisan so that I can try to narrow the search and see what kind of uh, uh, material is, is published out there. And here we go. Let's take a look at townhall.com. Article up by Sarah Arnold. Sarah Arnold is um, a voracious writer. Okay. Let's take a look at a couple of Sarah Arnold's uh, previous headlines. Michelle Obama under scrutiny for refusing to condemn October 7th attack on Israeli women. Right? 
Abbott announces Texas border officers will be allowed to arrest illegal aliens. All right. December 6th, this brilliant writer has an article up titled, Major Liberal City Faces Worst Year Ever of Overdose Deaths. Oh, and it's, it's not a real journalist unless they're tackling the big topics. And the big topics are this. AOC's bizarre comments regarding trans athletes confirms the Democratic Party is as dumb as they look. And at the top, the most recently published article by Sarah Arnold. Vivek Ramaswamy takes down Chris Christie and Haley in fourth debate. All right. So, again, my search terms were HR 4365 Partisan. Headline, Biden will veto military pay raise because it doesn't cater to climate change, comma, transgenders enough. There's your headline, Bucko McBuckerson, published September 14th, this here year. We're not reading the article. I'm not doing that to myself or you. This entire country is completely full of shit and always has been. Now, I've never heard of a cat cat Cosgrove, right? There's a lot of jobs in these here governments and a lot of people doing a lot of these jobs. So uh, Cat Cosgrove uh, is the legislative director for Representative Chrissy Houlihan, uh, Democratic Party for the U.S. House of Representatives. Cat uh, Cosgrove uh, has experience as a national security and human rights legislative analyst and advocate with professional experience at nonprofit organizations on political campaigns and with the federal government, skilled in public policy, international relations, fundraising, policy analysis, and research. Um, their, uh, their background uh, educationally is a Master of Arts, uh, M.A. Oh, okay. I'm not, I don't know all the educational stuff. Everybody's a doctor to me. <laughs> uh, MA in the International Human Rights from the University of Denver. All right. And we have a little bit of published material here up on the YouTube for the YouTube page for Representative uh, Chrissy Callahan. And Cap here delivers a, uh, an analysis, a little bit of information, some thoughts on the National Defense Authorization Act uh, iterated this year. This is Kat, and I'm the Legislative Director for Representative Chrissy Houlihan. For today's episode of Inside Congress, I wanted to give you a closer look at the National Defense Authorization Act, or the NDAA, which is the process for authorizing funds and policies for defense-related activities. Our total defense spending is 12% of government spending, which is a very significant proportion. Chrissy, of course, believes that we should continue to support our military and that this funding helps keep us safe and helps make the world a safer place. However, we still have to carefully look over this budget every year and make sure that our spending and the policies of the Defense Department are effective and necessary. It's also important that we are transparent in how our defense budget is made and what goes into it. The first thing to note is that there are two annual bills that control our defense budget, 
the NDAA, and the Defense Appropriations Bill. The NDAA doesn't actually allocate any funding. It just authorizes programs and funding levels. The appropriations bills are what actually approve the funding that the NDAA has authorized. You can think of it like the NDAA creating a grocery list, deciding what we need and don't need and what our budget is, bringing it all to checkout, and the appropriations bill is when we actually swipe the card and pay for everything, which may in fact end up being less than what we had on our original list. The two bills then go through different processes, and sometimes the appropriators may not fully fund projects that the NDAA has authorized. However, the NDAA sets a cap on defense spending for the year, since appropriators can't legally allocate funds for something that hasn't been authorized in the NDAA. The bills also go through different committees. The Defense Appropriations Bill goes through the De Appropriations Committee, while the NDAA goes through the House and Senate Armed Services Committees. This is because all bills related to our common defense must go through this committee under the rules of Congress. So spending on our common defense can't be decided just through appropriations. While Chrissy votes on both bills, she serves on the Armed Services Committee, so she is very involved with crafting the NDAA. Though much of the NDAA is focused on funding, there are also significant policy changes within the bill. For example, last year, Chrissy was able to get 31 provisions in the bill that was signed into law. These included authorizing more research into creating domestic critical mineral supply chains to reduce our reliance on China, and reports on federal employee use of paid leave, which is helpful as we continue efforts on our bipartisan paid leave working group. In the previous year, we were also able to expand paid family leave for our service members to 12 weeks. Some of these require authorizing new funds, but they can also use existing budgets by moving funds from one program to another as we reassess what the needs of our country and military are each year. The NDAA is also the only bill that Congress has passed every year on a bipartisan basis for the last 62 years and shows how we can work together and make real strides for Americans. Because the bill is so large, the Armed Services Committee splits it up and considers different pieces in the various subcommittees. For example, Chrissy sits on the Military Personnel Subcommittee. So, things like paid leave and nutrition for service members would go through there. This process of reviewing legislation and voting on changes is called the markup. Once all the subcommittees have finished their markups, the entire committee will come together for a markup on the consolidated bill. This process gives everyone on committee a chance to weigh in, even if a certain provision is not specifically covered by their subcommittee. It also ensures that we are not just rubber stamping the budget, and that there are multiple sets of eyes and votes on the policy and funding changes. Finally, the bill goes to the House floor for every member of the House of Representatives to amend and approve. The Senate also has a similar and separate process, and ultimately, Congress can only vote to pass one bill. Normally, there will be a conference committee with members from both the Senate and House Armed Services Committees, which will get together after both chambers have approved their versions 
and negotiated the differences between the two bills. Once they finish this work, the final bill is put on the floor of the House and Senate to be voted on by all of Congress. We are currently in the middle of this process, so you may see news about the hearings on the budget for the coming year. Hopefully, this explainer makes the process a little bit clearer. If you have questions about the NDAA, about our military budget, or anything else, please don't hesitate to give our office a call. And I think we'll go ahead and tie the recording off there. I could have swore I already recorded this closing segment and it just vanished. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and get something to eat, try to use this time constructively and um, eat, sit down for a bit, do a chore, rest my brain, and then get up and do another recording. Uh, see what we can bring to you as I try to march more toward doing this work full time as some of you have heard me saying for 11 years uh, we got Phoenix Kalita working from home full time that was more important to get that done first um, because to each their ability and something uh, the contribution yeah no I don't I don't I don't read theory I just live in the real world <laughs> all right I will catch you around please be as safe as possible wherever you are